Hello. Pat, it's Hef. I hear Weezer has a new record coming out. That's true. What do you say you come by the house and play it for the girls? <laughs> Perceptions is back. I got a bold smile on today. I actually brushed my teeth specifically for this episode. I need to make sure I'm looking thick and span. I got one of the most famous dentists in the world, Dr. Bill Dorfman. What is going on? How you doing, bud? Doing great, doing great. And how are you? I'm good, George. Good, good. And I wanted to talk to you today. I'm glad you're on. I feel like this is going to be a bold story. Kind of about your, you know, your beginning and your rise to growing this company of yours to 1.3 billion with a B. That's B for bold and billion dollars. And uh, honestly, let's just start with a little intro. Dr. Bell, who are you? What are you doing right now? Just give us a quick overview. Well, just to be completely transparent and clear, the value of the company was not 1.3 billion dollars our total gross sales was $1.3 billion. We literally grew a company called Discus Dental from zero to $1.3 billion and then sold it to Philips um, in in their dental division. You know, Philips does lighting, home electronics, their only product in the dental area was the Sonicare toothbrush which was a consumer product. They wanted to have a presence in the professional market, in the dental offices. My company sold Zoom. I actually invented Zoom, dude. Hold on, you can't just drop this on me. Hold on, okay, explain this really quickly. I invented Zoom, tooth whitening. The name became popular and then out came legal Zoom and then came Zoom video conferencing, but I actually came up with the name Zoom. And we grew that business from zero to $1.3 billion in sales. And then in 2010, we sold that company to Philips, Royal Dutch Philips. And um, they bought our company because we were a professional product in the professional space, in dental offices. They only had consumer products in dentistry. So they wanted to double their footprint by being in the consumer and the retail um, and the professional market. So they bought our company, which gave them entree into dental offices. So it was a beautiful story for everybody. That is beautiful. And I'm sure last year, I mean, with, you know, it was kind of the year of Zoom, the video conferencing. Did you guys get a little trickle down into your business in that department? You know, it's so funny. I mean, I, you know, I still practice dentistry as a cosmetic dentist. I'm busier today than I've ever been in my entire 40 year career because people sit on Zoom, they look at their teeth, they don't like it and they're like, what the heck, I've got nothing better to do. I'm gonna go to the dentist and get these things fixed. So we're doing cosmetic dentistry like there's no tomorrow. Oh, absolutely, I believe that. And before, you know, before Zoom, the video conference, that era that started, Everybody's always talking about, you know, your smile is very important asset, first impression, big factor of a first impression. I mean, that had to have been a big selling point for you throughout your career, right? You talked about that and your smile and the power it holds. Well, yeah, but I'll tell you what 
made the biggest impact on my career in that arena. I was on the very first big reality TV show, Extreme Makeover. You know, I mean, prior to Extreme Makeover, you know, I did cosmetic dentistry, but like if you came in and I fixed your teeth, we'd have a moment, me and you, right? But now think of this, ABC scours the country for the worst teeth. I mean, like the kind where you're like, like that kind of teeth, right? Then they bring them to my office. We transform them in a matter of a week or so. And it's not just like I'm having a moment with my patient. I'm having a moment where 10 million people get to watch. Cosmetic dentistry exploded in every, I mean, we started off just in, in, in America, you know, uh, the US and Canada. And then this program went out to over a hundred countries worldwide. I mean, I would be walking in airports in Greece and people would be like, doctor, 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 you know, it was crazy. It was crazy. That's unbelievable. And before we get into that kind of, you know, A-list celebrity status stuff, I want to start, you know, even with you discovering from, I'm sure a young age about your passion for cosmetic and, and dentistry and that industry, where did this all begin? What, what, what's the beginning points, Dr. Bill? You know, I think one of my earliest epiphanies was that I was just a weird kid. <laughs> like, I honestly, I didn't know anybody like me. I was so, first of all, I, I was like three years old. I fell, I knocked out all my, you know, my baby teeth. I started going to the dentist to like fix them. And where most kids would be petrified, I just thought it was so interesting. Like I'd sit there with a mirror watching them like fix me. And I think, wow, I want to do this for people one day. You know, then I start kindergarten, right? I come home from kindergarten and my parents are like to little Billy, like, how was school? I'm like, you know, school is okay, but the kids in my class are so immature. Like who says that at five? You know what I mean? I always knew I was a weird kid. I always knew it. Like, I just, I never knew anybody like me. I just didn't, you know? And where, when, you know, like when you go to high school, everybody has like their little gang, you know, the surfers or the, you know, the low riders. That was in my time, you know, the jocks of this. I was like Switzerland. I was just friends with everybody. Like, I didn't really have like a group. I was just like friends with everybody, you know, but like no real identity. I just kind of, I even asked my parents, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time with them during this pandemic. I'm like, was I a weird kid? They're like, no, you were perfect. I'm like, okay, that's weird. Like how many kids parents say, I seriously, I never got in trouble. I always got straight A's. I always did what I was supposed to do. I never argued with them. I never fought with them. I, I was just like this easygoing, happy-go-lucky kid who just kind of did my thing. And, you know, and I don't know. I just, I guess for me, the path of least resistance was just, you know, you're supposed to do this, do it. And so I did it. And um, I'm still that way, I guess. Well, so I was going to say, did you ever go through like a rebellious phase? or No. 
<laughs> I, no, really. I mean, I was a weird kid. I was just like, I, I don't know. I, like, I never, I didn't have demons. I was never unhappy. I never fought with anybody. I always got along with people. I just kind of was like, I just did what I was supposed to do. And then, you know, I, I think probably another big uh, epiphany moment for me was when I was on Oprah, you know, and um, it, it, I don't know if you know how this works, but when you do talk shows, like when you're on The Tonight Show or you're on Ellen or any of these shows, basically what they'll do is they'll have you come in probably two hours before airtime or when you shoot. These are, it's called live to tape. They're not live, they tape them so it looks live, but they, right? So you'll go in two hours before and they'll do hair and makeup and blah, blah, blah. Then a producer sits with you and they, they interview you for about an hour and they'll ask you all kinds of random, they're like fishing. And when they find stuff that they think their audience is going to like, when you're out on stage doing your live to tape segment, right? They're gonna ask you that again. Oprah doesn't do that. Oprah has such an amazing team of researchers same with Larry King, you know, they don't want you to know what they're going to ask. They just want to ask you and get your raw, unfiltered answer. So, you know, so I'm on, I, 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 I'm on Oprah and I'm, I'm talking to Oprah and Oprah. Now, this is like in 2005 or 2006. Oprah says, Dr. Bill, you have had a career unlike any other dentist in the history of dentistry. Like what inspired you to think so far outside the box? Now, this was not a common phrase at the time, you know, think outside the box. In fact, this was the first time I ever heard that. And I literally looked at Oprah and said, what box? And we cracked up. And I, I think do. that kind of exemplifies where I've been my whole life. Like, I just never, and I think the biggest obstacle that all of your entrepreneurs have is here. Not the world, it's here. Most people say meaner things to themselves than they would ever allow anybody else to say to them. Stop it. Be nice to yourself. Talk nice to yourself. You know, self-talk is really important, you, you know, but realistic, like you're not going to go to the moon, okay? But you got to be realistic. But, you know, I never let obstacles get my way. If, if I really, really, really want to do something, I do it. And, you know, people are so afraid of failure. I never fail. Never. Why? Because if I do something and it doesn't come out the way I want it to, it's not failure. It's practice. Then you do it again and again and again and again and again until you get it right. You only fail when you quit. And I don't quit. If I want to do something, I'm going to do it. And I'm not going to quit till it's done. And if you're not getting the results you want, that's where finding a mentor is so powerful or going on the internet. You know, we all say, oh, practice makes perfect. No, practice makes permanent. 
You keep practicing the wrong way, you'll get really good at doing it bad. Don't do that. As soon as you realize it's not right, change what you're doing. Find a mentor, get a friend, learn, you know, and, and do it differently. And then you'll succeed. So did you have this mindset, you know, all, all this knowledge you're talking about right now, what cultivated this? Because you alluded to this on the Oprah show when you looked at her and said, what box? And that seems to be how you thought as a kid, because you were literally so positive. So you described yourself as kind of happy-go-lucky, right? Maybe blissfully unaware even for the better. How did, is that accurate, would you say? I think I'm just wired weird. I, I, I honestly... I was six years old. I come home from school. I sat my parents down for a conference. Who does that, right? And they're like, I said, I have something very important to tell you. And they're like, what is that, sweetie? I said, I don't need to go to school anymore. They said, what, what do you mean you don't need to go to school? I said, I know how to read. I'll just read everything. They're like, no you're going to still go. And I was like, okay, now, okay. That in, in and of itself is all weird. Most kids probably would have argued, but as soon as they said, no, I was like, okay, <laughs> that's just how I was. I like, I thought I had this really great idea. Like, why do I have to go to school? I'll just read everything. Right. It made sense to me. Yeah. yeah. It, and sense like, to you. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Right. Yeah. But they're like, no, you're still going. And then again, a normal kid probably would argue, like, what do you mean I'm going there? Da, da, da. Not me. I was like, okay. And then I just went happily. Happily went. Happily went. You started networking little by little. But so you, I assume you stay in school uh, through high school. Did you go to college? I don't know. Well, dude, I'm a dentist. How do you think? I, you think I like took an Fair. online course? <laughs> well, shit. You could read at five. You're saying the word immature at five years old. I, I wouldn't be surprised next if you told me that you were fixing cavities by 10. Yeah, yeah. Honestly. I mean, you kind of need to go to dental school to become a dentist. It's not an online study program. <laughs> you need some some real live work, I assume. So you went through all the schooling. Um, this whole way, did you know dentistry is my passion? passion? Yeah, I mean, I never wavered. I knocked out all my teeth as a kid. I sat in that chair at three and said, I'm going to do this. And guess what? I did it. And you, you had your mindset. It sounded like you had your mindset. And I've never heard somebody tell me that so young, they were so like, like, you seem laser focused in on this the whole time. I told you, I am a weird person. I don't know where this wiring comes from. To me, everything was always so logical. Like, and it made it so easy. Like when, when you were in school and you're thinking, hmm, should I take this or should I, I would just say, okay, what does a dentist take? And then I took it. It made life so super simple. Huh. So, and you owned that. You owned it right away. You just owned the dentist, you know, persona. And here you are, one of the biggest dentists in the world. Um, and probably the biggest after the makeover, right? Probably, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how did your, how was your career? What was it like before the TV show? And how did they come to you? How did this work? Well, basically, I mean, I started my career. Well, I'll, 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 I'll go back to like dental school. Okay. 
So here I am in dental school. I grew up poor. Uh, we had nothing. I, ne I, I never even got in an airplane practically. You know, I'm 24 years old. I'm one of the youngest graduates ever in dentistry. And I'm graduating, I'm thinking, am I gonna be tethered to like a practice the rest of my life? Like I wanna see the world, you know? So I did some research and I found a clinic in Switzerland. They had one position that they gave out a year to foreign dentists. Problem, they had 400 applicants. Why should they take me? They shouldn't. One of the things I teach at LEAP, and we'll talk about LEAP in a second. LEAP is a motivational leadership program that I put on for high school and college kids. But one of the things I talk about at LEAP is successful people are willing to do the things that unsuccessful people are just not willing to do. So I decided I am going to bombard the director of this clinic with a ton of great letters of recommendation. So I asked every professor who I knew in my dental school to write me a glowing letter of recommendation. And dude, they were awesome. You know how I know? I wrote them all. Every one of them. No way. I did. I would say, can you write me a letter of recommendation? And then they'd look at me like, oh, another one. And I say, hey, I'll write it. Just personalize it. They're like, oh, that's easy. So I send these 20 letters of recommendation, no response. So I thought, okay, I'll call the guy, right? Now, in 1983, you weren't even born, okay? You know how hard it was to make an international phone call? There are no cell phone. I mean, it was a whole thing. You had to call the opera. And I was broke, like broke-ass poor broke. So, and it, expensive. It would probably take a good five minutes to make a phone call. And I had to do it from my house. I couldn't do it at school because it'd be like a slot machine. You'd just be putting in quarters and quarters and quarters. You've never even done that, okay? So I would have to go home, make the call, blah, blah, Okay. So I start calling the guy weekly. I'm not getting anywhere. I don't know where I read or heard this. And I tell students at LEAP, there will be life-defining moments that sometimes you plan, sometimes they just happen. And this is one that just happened. I'm on the phone with him, realizing I'm getting nowhere. And I said, can I take you to lunch? Now, I don't know where I heard that that was a good idea, but I just sprung it on him. He goes, but you're in Switz you're in you're in San Francisco and I'm in Switzerland. I'm like, that's okay. I'll fly there, which is even crazier because I was broke ass poor, broke. Like an airplane ticket to Switzerland is not cheap. He said yes. I flew there and it changed my life. I spent two years there. I made the greatest friends. I had nothing to do but work and play. You know, I perfected my craft as a dentist. I learned how to ski. Je peux pas français maintenant. Avant, je peux pas. C'était rien du tout. I'm completely fluent in French. I mean, it was a life-changing experience. And why did I get it? I wanted it more than the other 399. And you want to be successful in life? I'm going to tell you something. Kids come up to me at Leap all the time and say, Dr. Bill, Dr. Bill, what's the secret of success? You want to know what it is? 
Work your ass off. It's no secret. You crazy? I don't know a single successful person that doesn't work their butt off. You know, I mean, give me a break. It's like people just want things spoon fed to them. Nothing was ever given to me in my life. I came from nothing. Everything I have, I made. And I'll tell you, if there's two things that you walk away from leap with, it's this. Number one, don't wait for opportunities in life, make them. And number two, when you do get an opportunity, don't take it. Master it. When ABC gave me the opportunity to put me on extreme makeover, I stunk. <laughs> like, Super bad. I dentistry good. TV no. But when I realized how bad I was, instead of feeling sorry for myself or waiting to get fired, I was proactive. I took acting classes, hosting classes, teleprompting classes. I hired the best. I hired the woman who trained all the kids on American Idol to do interviews with me, to sit me down and teach me how to do what you and I are doing right now. Because this did not come naturally to me. I was a nerd. I didn't talk to people. I was on the swim team. I was in water my whole childhood. I swam. You can't socialize swimming, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm just dumbfounded because I, I did not expect this backstory because here you are. You're, you're literally a TV star. Um, I, I did not know that. You know, Wait, I wouldn't the- call myself a TV star. Like Brad Pitt's uh, a star. Like, look, I'm a dentist. If somebody wants a dentist for an ad campaign, they call my agent and they book it, right? I'm not a star, but I'm a well-known dentist. Let, I mean, let's call a spade a spade. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think you're being humble right now, Dr. Bell. No, I'm not but... humble. I'm not. I'm really not a humble person. I'm as honest as I can be. I, I'm not a star. I'm not. I mean, they. I, I, <laughs> my agent submitted me for Dancing with the Stars. And even they said, he's a celebrity. He's not a star. <laughs> so well, there what's you go. The criteria? I mean, you got the flashy smile. I know, right? And I've got the moves. You got the moves and you got the mindset, even, even more important. Um, but I got to go back. How the hell did you book that flight? And how did you get through dental school? Uh, if you were broke, you know, you're calling yourself never broke. looked at me. Why should they? I ain't nobody got nothing in my pocket. I I took out loans and I I was very fortunate. I'll tell you something. I've given back, you know, my dream was to go to Stanford. Like that was my dream school. I only applied to two universities, Stanford's and, and UCLA. UCLA was my backup, right? I got into both schools. I couldn't afford Stanford. UCLA, I pretty much got a full ride scholarship. So I went there and believe me, that was the best investment they ever made because I have given back heavily. My dental school, when you walk into University of the Pacific Dental School in San Francisco, it's now called Dugoni School of Dentistry. The first thing you see is the William Dorfman Hall. I 
donated the auditorium, the big auditorium at the dental school. Um, it, you know, my whole mantra for life is learn so you can earn and then return. And, you know, I grew up poor, but as I started to become successful, I wanted to change the world and make it better. And so that, that's what I've done. So I'm, I'm currently facing some obstacles in life right now, Bill. I told you I'm the car guy. All of a sudden it's raining. This has never happened. But through your, you know, your mindset teaching right here, I'm just going to persevere. You thought it was a little bizarre that I'm a car guy. You called yourself a bizarre child. I'm starting to align with you. Back to the back to the story. Just wanted to throw that out there. Um, so after after makeover, and actually I want to go back to the acting classes. What did they teach you? What did they teach you about confidence and persona and just speaking overall that helped you adjust the TV? Because I feel like there's some good lessons in here. You know, so I took a groundling course, an improv course, right? And the teacher's like, okay. You are a prisoner of war, trapped in the jungle, trying to escape, and blah, 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 blah. And I said to her, I go, well, can I still be a dentist? No, you're not a dentist. I'm like, but you understand, I'm not an actor. I'm never going to be an actor. Anything I ever do, I'm going to be the dentist. So let me be a dental prisoner of war. And then we are, she just wouldn't give in. And I wouldn't either. And so it's like, I think it's really important that you know who you are and what you are. And I wouldn't waver, you know? And so I literally stuck to, I'm a dental prisoner of war. And I did my whole spiel, you know? But uh, I don't know. I, preparation, preparation, preparation. Preparation at all times. And, and so after the show, is this when obviously everybody sees the stars you've worked with? Katy Perry, there's thousands of them. Is this when they start coming to you? Is that when everything changed in terms of the A-list industry? Well, so that's a whole different thing. So when I started my dental practice, I was dating a girl named Mary Margiata. And Mary Margiata was working in the mailroom at the biggest talent agency in LA. And all of those agents, I mean, you know, soon to be agents were, and so there was this whole network and we were all the same age. We were all in our twenties. And so I became friends with all of these people. And as they, they now run CAA, William Morris, you know, all these big agencies. So as their career started to explode, mine did as well. And they're sending me their clients. And, you know, I mean, one thing led to another. I mean, you know, um, Jessica Simpson comes in and refers Fergie, you know, Fergie comes in and refers, you know, so-and-so, you know, I mean, it just kind of like you start getting to to know these people. And, you know, when Katy Perry was so cute, when she used to come in, she came in right when she broke I Kissed a Girl. And I had three little girls. And I said, Katy, my kids run around the house singing your song. She goes, doctor, I am so sorry. We, whoever knew that that would be a big hit? 
you know? But I'll tell you, uh, let me take Katie as an example. So Katie Perry's makeup artist, Johnny calls me up and says, Doc, we're doing this video, the Dark Horse video for her new song. We need a diamond studded jeweled grill for her. I said, awesome, what's the budget? He says, 1500. I'm like, dude, really? I said, let me see. I call my friend Cheryl. She owns the biggest jewelry store in LA called 14 Carats. I said, Cheryl, I need a million dollars in jewels on consignment. Can you do that? And I told her what it was for. She goes, absolutely. In two hours, I had a million dollars in jewels shipped over from the store, sent it to my, I took impressions on Katie. I sent it to the lab. We made her a million dollar grill by Dr. Bill. And as we're doing it, I call my agent, uh, my, man, my, uh, my publicist. I said, I think I'm ready for my second Guinness World Book record. She goes, what do you mean? Most expensive grill by Dr. Bill. Sure enough, we filed it and got it. So I now have two Guinness World Book records. And so what's the next one? What's the third one you're after? I think my third one is going to be, I think I, I think I qualify. We just have to apply. The dentist who has appeared on more reality TV shows than any other dentist in the world. See, you can make up your own category. That's a cool thing. Like my first one was when I raised $121,000 for LEAP by letting Travis, the doctor on the doctors, shave my head for charity. So I have the Guinness World Book of Records for most money raised by shaving your head for a charity on national TV. Unbelievable. That's bold. That's bold right there. And as a kid, you grew up and you knew you were weird. I mean, is it weird to have four Guinness Book World Records? Well, I only have two now. But yeah, that's part. I would put that still in the weird thing. Like, how many do you have? I have zero. So far, so far, I have zero. <laughs> but maybe I'll make up one. Car guy is kind of weird. I could I could make up most podcasts in a car. Maybe we'll, we'll get to that. Um, but I, I don't like a more serious note, Dr. Bill. Do you think it was just by chance that you were so prepared for everything and all of a sudden when you, you know, you really hit Hollywood, all these celebrities start referring, you know, each other to you. Did you ever sit there and wonder, you know, why did I deserve this? Why, why is this my opportunity? Or were you fully aware that if you kept putting in this work and being as prepared as you were, this would happen? Did you, did you manifest this at all? Did you think about this possibility? Disney said it like this. Do what you do so well, people can't resist telling other people about you. If you came into my dental office and I just did what you expected to happen, you'd walk out happy. That's not what happens. When you walk into my dental office, my goal is for you to say, hey, doc, that was the best experience I ever had with a dentist. Somebody trying to carjack you? <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I feel like they're looking in here and they're like, is that Dr. Bill Dorfman? I feel a little important right now. But so when they come into your office, besides just the service and what you're expected to do, do you do you make it a point to make them feel just great? Do you, do you make yeah. it a point? Yeah, oh, okay, perfect example. I walk out of the office, my office manager, Sinet, who is turning 50 today, and I love more than life itself. She is 
unfreaking believable. As I'm walking out of the office, I get a text message. In that message are all the patients I saw that day and their phone numbers. So as I'm driving home, I'm gonna text you and say, hey, how you feeling? You know, <laughs> a few months ago, I had this old guy, George was his name, right? And um, he was 88 years old. He had three teeth and I took out one. So I'm driving home, I call him up. He said, who is it? I said, it's Dr. Bill. He goes, Dr. Bill, why are you calling? I said, well, George, you know, we, we, we took out one of your teeth today and I just want to know how you were feeling. He goes, you kidding? I'm like, no, he goes, doc, last month they took out my kidney. Nobody called me. See, that's service. That's service. That's, that's care for yeah, the but That's what I'm talking about. Gold plated customer service. When you come into my office, you never have to worry about your teeth again because I do. If you need to see an endodontist, a periodontist, a pedodontist, an oral maxillofacial surgeon, you're going to walk to my front desk and I'm not going to give you a card. I say, George, Sinet's going to make your next appointment with the oral surgeon. You know, we take care of our patients and, you know, and they feel it. You know, I mean, we're prepared and, and we go out of our way. When you walk in, I keep my office ice cold. I love working in the cold because I'm sitting under this hot lamp. And now with all this PPE, I got all this stuff on me. So when you sit down in my dental chair, the first thing we do is wrap you up like a burrito. I give you a blanket. I make you warm. I mean, the whole bit, you know? Yes, the whole thing. It's like getting a haircut. You get the hot towel on your yeah, face. Yeah, the, you know, the whole thing. And I was just going to ask, how did you, how, what are your tips, your practical tips from experience on how to scale up as a business? It sounds like, you know, customer service is one. Well, I mean, um, I'm in so many different businesses, you know, I mean, my dental practice, Discus Dental. I mean, there's, a, I do a lot of different things. So they all have a different strategy. I would say if, you know, if you're a young entrepreneur watching this and you want to know what my greatest tip is. Copy genius. There are people out there doing what you want to do really well, like crushing it. Go, if you can, mentor them or just study them and see what it is that they're doing that makes them so successful. Listen, when I came to Beverly Hills, the last thing they needed was another cosmetic dentist. I was a nobody. I went and I found the five most successful cosmetic dentists in Beverly Hills. I called them up. I asked if I could shadow them. I sat in their office like a sponge and I learned everything that they did. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And I wasn't like most, like most students that come and shadow me. They watch me drill teeth and they leave. That isn't what I did. I wanted to see how they brought the patient in, the intake forms, how they talked to them, how they brought them back in the treatment room, how they presented treatment how they went over finances, how they got the patient to commit. And then after doing the treatment, how they left the office, how they paid, what the options were for payment, how they scheduled it. I wanted everything. And what I did is I studied these five dentists. I went back and I opened my own practice and I did everything I could do better than them. And within two years, I had the busiest practice in all of Beverly Hills. And I still do. And it's because you're prepared and you had confidence. confidence. Not just that I'm prepared, 
but I also keep changing. Listen, three years ago, I didn't even know what Instagram was. Today, I'm the only dentist in the world with 1.1 million followers. I didn't just do Instagram, I crushed Instagram. I hired a team of people to make my Instagram flourish. I knew I couldn't do it. That's not my calling. That's not what I do. But there are people out there that do that. You know, all the content that I put on Instagram, I send to a guy who curates it, who edits it, who clips it, who puts some, I don't have time to do, nor do I even know how to do that. Then I have another guy who then takes that content and pushes it to the Explorer page. So every day I get three or 4,000 new followers because I'm being exposed to people that would never have known me. I would never know how to do any of that. Why do I do it? You know what? People who want to be famous just to be famous, I have no respect for. <laughs> I do this. I have a mission. Number one, I'm educating people. You know, I'm letting people know what we do. And I also focus on LEAP. I want kids, young kids, to know about our nonprofit, you know, motivational leadership program so they can come and learn from the best. I mean, I have some of the best speakers on the circuit come and speak. Anthony Hopkins, Mark Wahlberg, you know, Elon Musk, Katy Perry are coming. Um, I, I, I had Michael Strahan, Apollo Ono, Usher, um, Paula Abdul, Kathy Bates, Jason Alexander. I mean, on and on and on and on. I, mean, I get great, great speakers. And we teach these kids skills that they need to be successful in life. Did you ever ask Michael Strahan if there was a chance that, that Dude, you- Dude, I will tell you the best- Michael Strahan story. So Michael Strahan comes in and he's got this big gap, right? He was at the time dating Nicole Murphy, Eddie Murphy's ex. She's been my patient forever. So Nicole sends him in and I'm like, I'm like, let's, you know, doc, I can't do it. He goes, that's my thing, man. That's, that's my thing. I'm like, come on. And then I said, Hey, I have a great idea. Let's make a tooth right in the middle, just for fun, not like, like a removable one, and go home and show it to Nicole and pretend like it's real and ask her if she likes it, right? So I made him this perfect tooth that goes right in the middle of the gap. So now he has three front teeth, right? And it looked hilarious. No and way. he goes home, and I think it was like April Fool's or something, and, and he goes home, and he shows it to Nicole and he called you know, Doc, she literally started screaming. Like, what did he got? It was hilarious. That is beautiful. But That's a great story. There's something on the internet. Now, I haven't seen Michael for a while because of the pandemic. He's in New York. There was something on the internet recently that said that he closed the gap. I don't know if he actually did or didn't. Like sometimes stuff, you, so when I see him next, we'll see. But there were some pictures of him with the clothes that could be Photoshop. I don't know if he really did or didn't. That's unbelievable. I guess we'll find out next NFL season when he returns to air. Uh, Absolutely. And really quick on the Instagram note. First of all, that's that's genius. That's where the marketing is these days. Mm-hmm. Have you? I'm I'm sure I'm not saying anything new. Are you going to be on TikTok soon with this younger generation of stars? So they keep trying to get me to do TikTok. I'm not going to do it. And I'll tell you why. I get really good patients on Instagram. 
TikTok's for fun. I like, I don't really see kids going on to, they want, they think if I show my fitness stuff, they all like go viral and explode because I'm 62 and I'm fit and this and that. I'm not about it, you know, and like, I don't think I'm going to get great dental patients being on TikTok. I don't know. Maybe it'll change. I just did another fitness layout for GQ magazine. I did one last year at the beginning of the pandemic and they wanted to follow up. So I just shot with their photographer and the, the, the photos were kind of cool. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, again, I think you need to know your market and I, I don't feel like people my age or my generation who really want cosmetic dentistry are going to come to me because they see me doing this on TikTok. I don't know. That's just my gut. What do you think? I mean, if I'm playing devil's advocate, so you're 62, you got a lot of life left, a lot of customers left. There's a younger generation of stars on TikTok right now that will probably grow up to be, I mean, hopefully if they hang on, you know, the Fergies, the Jessica Simpsons, Katy Perry's, all of them. I don't know if that's the thing. This is a tough spot, but I mean, more exposure, the better, right? And you'd have a team and that's where they grew up. That's their platform. I feel like they'd automatically be like, damn, Dr. Bill, Dr. Bill Dorfman's about this. He's a TikTok star too. So am I, I don't know. And you, you got the GQ body. Why not get on there? I don't know. I don't know. I, I just don't, I mean, like, People who want to be famous just to be famous, literally, I have no respect for that. Like, I don't need to be famous on TikTok, you know, if it really serves a purpose, if it really educates people, if it really brings people in my dental office, if it really brings students to leap, if it really encourages people to be fit, then that, that's an angle, you know, I mean, I work out with, with guys in their 20s. And I run circles around them in the gym and they're embarrassed and it actually motivates them to get in shape. So if that's the angle, then yeah, maybe, I don't know. It also, it's a lot of work, dude. Like, uh, like as we're talking, I'm getting messages from my Instagram team saying, what are we posting today? And, and I like, I can't answer because we're on this thing. So. so that, that is my cue. I know I'm keeping you a little long. One more question. One more question. Then we're done. Cause I honestly, you are in great shape. What are your, and you have great energy, even more impressive is your energy levels are insane. What are your, you got some like life hacks or some little tips. How is your energy so high? My mom is 85 years old. Before the pandemic, every night when I, I call my parents every night, pretty much every night when I call home, dad answers the phone. Why? Mom is out. <laughs> My mom's a party animal. I don't know. I have this endless supply of energy. I hang out with people in their 20s, 30s, 40s. Like, I poop them out. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, again, I think it's a genetic thing. Uh, you can ask all my ex-wives. I don't think I'm human. <laughs> I'm like a machine. I don't know. Could they not keep, that's why you're not with them. You just couldn't keep up with you. Totally. <laughs> so if I was one, I want to give two messages. Number one, check out Leap. It's amazing. The next program will be July 18th to the 24th. We'll have probably 50 students at UCLA Live. This is a nonprofit I've done for the last 14 years. It's really phenomenal. 
I mean, it's really phenomenal. Students that go to this, it's life-changing. And as a result of LEAP, I started my own podcast. Um, we interview all these great people and then we turn them into podcasts. My podcast, I just found out from the guy who sponsors my podcast, I'm in the top 3% of all podcasts in the world. Out of 2 million podcasts, I'm in the top 3%. I'm like number one in Yemen and number two in Iceland. It's weird, but it's called Meet the Mentor. And I've interviewed Mark Wahlberg, Anthony Hopkins, like all the people we've talked about. And they're really, really great, great, insightful interviews from these people. So please check that out. And last thing, I am active on Instagram. If you want to reach me, I'm probably the only person with over a million followers who actually answers. And I will. If you DM me, I promise you I will answer you. It's super simple, at Dr. Bill Dorfman. And um, yeah. Done. Done. And we will push all these, you know, channels that you're marketing throughout when we drop. I want to drop right now. Damn, I wish we could just drop it out, but we, we got to prepare here. Like you said, preparation is everything. And Dr. Bill, thank you so much for coming on. I didn't understand how bold and, you know, you were kind of a black sheep early on. We talk a lot about black sheep and being bold and being different. I love it. You fit right in. It's perfect. Yeah, you can't use that phrase anymore because all sheep matter. That's beautiful. That's a great way to end this. All sheep do matter. All of you matter. So share with all your different sheep, any color. We don't care. Nobody discriminates. Dr. Bill Dorfman, this was a pleasure. Smile Thank big, you. smile bold. All right. Thanks, George.